Hey, and thanks for tuning in to the Father's House podcast. We hope that today's message brings you fresh life and renewed hope as you listen. Enjoy. All right, well, hey, uh, as we get into this, uh, last week, let me provide a, a brief recap for you. Uh, last week, uh, Pastor Robin, which is what she makes me call her, uh, Pastor Robin, my wife, brought an incredible message as we dove into this series and we looked at our key text. Yes. In uh, John chapter 14, we're going to go to that key text in just a moment. Since you were clapping, let me once again acknowledge how powerful that message was. Uh, if you were not here last weekend, I, I would strongly encourage you to go back and listen to uh, the message either on our podcast or on our YouTube channel. Uh, when she got into walking with the helper at the conclusion of that sermon and read out some of her journal entries, there was not a dry eye in the house. It was a weeping mess in here. And uh, it was so powerful, so, so powerful. Uh, so powerful that many of you felt the need to come and tell me how powerful it was on the lobby, in the lobby and on the porch afterwards, and how much more you enjoy when she preaches versus me, and, and how you've never felt closer to God, and you've never felt that way when I communicate, and, and I get it, you know, she's more spiritual and better looking and closer to God than I am, um, so I understand, but uh, uh, one person on our team did offer some feedback that wasn't quite as deflating to me that I thought was really en- encouraging and something that I should share. By the way, I'm totally secure, just to be clear, Okay. <laughs> But uh, she said to me um, last week in, in a text message, she said, and to the two of us, she's like, I, I, I love it that, that, that Pastor Robin is back and communicating again because I feel like when she teaches, the voice of the Father's house is complete. There's something missing when we don't have her heart and her voice. And so it was really good to feel like there was a, a completeness and a totality to the communication. So let me take a moment and just say from the stage, I love you and I honor you. And thank you for stepping into the call of God on your life because our church, all of us are better as a result of you doing what God's called you to do. So, all right, John chapter 14, verse 16. This is our key text. Jesus is speaking to his disciples as he's preparing to ascend to heaven. And he looks to his disciples and he says, and I will pray to the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Those are very important phrases. He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And last week, Robin explained to us that when we do what Romans 10, 9 tells us to do, when we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, yes, we are saved, but we are also at that moment indwelt by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God comes to live within us. She messed with some people's theologies as she challenged what your Sunday school teacher told you, that Jesus came to live in your heart. Actually, it was the third person of the Trinity that came to live within us. It is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the God ghost on the inside of us. And and, and all of us who have said yes to Christ have received the Holy Spirit. He lives in us and he walks with us. In fact, Jesus went on to say, as he introduced the Holy Spirit here in John chapter 14, that he is the helper. He is the parakletos. She explained last week that this Greek word, parakletos, it means the one who walks alongside of you. Jesus said, I'm not going to just leave you as orphans in the same way that I walked along the road with my disciples here on planet earth for three years and I helped them and I directed them and I provided comfort and assistance. Now, even as I ascend, the Holy Spirit is going to do the same, not just for you 12, but for everyone who calls upon my name. He will be with them. He will be in them. He will be the one that walks alongside. 
And today, I would like to expound, if I could, a little bit further on that thought of the parakletos, the one that walks alongside of us. Because, yes, while we did receive a spirit to walk alongside of us, it is important, as followers of Jesus, that we remember we did not receive a sidekick. We did not receive somebody that just kind of follows us along in life. No, the reason that he lives on the inside of us is so that he can lead us. He is not mommy's little helper in the kitchen. He is our leader. I, I, I think that oftentimes in Christianity, we try to drag the Holy Spirit along on our journey but when we invited him in, we invited a leader. We invited someone whom we are supposed to follow, not someone that drags alongside. You are not Batman, he is not Robin, okay? You are not Jordan, he is not Pippin. You are not Regis, he is not Kelly Ripa, all right? He is the leader. In fact, scripture speaks to this a lot, and I'll give you a couple of samplings. Psalm 143, verse 10 says, for you are my God, let your good spirit lead me on level ground. Romans 8, 14, for all who are being led by the spirit of God, these are the children of God. Galatians 5, 18, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law, Acts 13. So being led by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. So you're noticing the pattern here. The Holy Spirit is the leader. We are the followers. That is his job. And if that is true, then we, as followers of Jesus and followers of the Holy Spirit, we need to learn how to let the Spirit lead in our lives. We need to get good at following. And for that, I wanna look at a portion of scripture in the book of Galatians today. We're gonna to spend the entirety of our time on this one sentence. Uh, if you're a Bible carrier to church, Galatians chapter five, if not, it's gonna pop up on the screen. Uh, but as we go there, many of you will recall that uh, we recently concluded a series in uh, the book of Galatians titled Bewitched, where we looked through almost line by line, thought by thought there in the book of Galatians. And as we got to this portion of scripture in that series, I intentionally skipped this sentence because I knew we were gonna be speaking about the Holy Spirit in just a couple of weeks. And so today I'm encouraged because I get it to actually kind of fulfill and complete a thought that we opened up in this last series. So Galatians 5.25, these are the words of Paul. As he concludes talking about the fruit of the Spirit, look at what he says. He says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let's all read that together. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. For, for the next few moments, we're gonna look at just that sentence. It's gonna be kind of boring in the scripture realm today, right? I, I wanna dive deep into that sentence because I think there is so much to be mined from that truth. Specifically those three words, to keep in step with the Spirit. Jesus says, I'm giving him to you. He's gonna walk with you. He's gonna be in you. And Paul says, now that you got him, I need you to keep in step with him. So what does that look like as a believer? Uh, I'll offer you this title as we get into the word. Uh, today, I wanna call this chat, Look to the Left. Look to the left, to the left. Everything you own in a box to the left. Look to the left. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to study it together today. Speak to us. Holy Spirit, we yield to you right now. We ask that you would lead us, even over these next couple of moments together, to receive from your word, to hear from you, so that we could leave this place changed. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Uh, back in February of this year, uh, my wife and our family and I, uh, we all moved to a, a new home. New to us, it was built in the 20s, but a new home here in the city. And uh, one of the selling points on this particular property for us was that it was located within walking distance to our daughter's school. 
that is a rare treat, as many of you who have children and live in San Francisco know. With the lottery system of schools here, you could end up anywhere in the city at, at a school. And uh, so what can I say? Favor ain't fair. Uh, <laughs> actually, as my friend John says, favor's gonna fave. I like that one a little bit better. Uh, so we, uh, when we moved to the home, we were excited to walk our children to school, but we were still in distance learning in February. So my kids' walk was like 11 steps from their bedroom to the uh, kitchen table. Uh, but when schools reopened in April, we got a chance to finally take advantage of the proximity to the school. And when we moved there, we timed it. We knew that from the time we left our doorstep to the time we got to the school, it would be about a minute and 48 second walk. So under two minutes, a minute and 48 seconds from porch to playground. Now, in theory, we knew that if we left the house at 7.48 and school started at 7.50, our kids would be there on time. In practice, what we've discovered is that we have never been able to make it from our door to the playground in a minute and 48 seconds. And here's why. We have a Livy. It's her birthday today, by the way. So I decided to make fun of her on her birthday. It's gonna be great. Now, many of you parents, you, you also have a Livy, so you know what I'm talking about, although it comes by a different name. But let me explain what a Livy is. Um, a Livy is a child that is incapable of keeping pace with her parents because her head is constantly in the clouds. Like she is living in another world 100% of the time. We call it the creative type, right? <laughs> Find a way to encourage it. Uh, Livy, as we're walking to school, we'll find a billion different things to do other than focus on the one minute and 48 second walk that it takes to get from our doorstep to her elementary school. She'll start picking flowers out of our neighbor's yards and in a matter of seconds, those flowers have names and personalities and they're talking to one another and there's this whole narrative being played out. Uh, she'll start barking, by the way, my kid has a bark that sounds dead on like a chihuahua, like it's, it's game over. So she'll start barking at dogs in the windows or dogs that are in people's yards and they're having like a little, you know, competition going back and forth. Sometimes we'll turn around, we're halfway down the block and she's just standing there, just staring at the sky, contemplating the existence of unicorns and if she could ride one and, you know. She, the kid does not have the ability to keep up with her parents. In fact, the only time that it seems she finds something deep within herself to actually walk faster than us is when there is some danger ahead. You parents know what I'm talking about, right? So if there's like an intersection and the cars are not stopping or there's a train, suddenly she's, you know, 40 feet in front of us and we have to run to rescue her like, no, don't die, and, and drag her back. That's the only time. She's, she is never standing next to us. She's always ahead of us or behind us. It is impossible for her to keep pace with her parents. But, but here's what I've noticed about faith, and perhaps you've noticed the same. I think we all have a little bit of Olivia inside of us, don't we? <laughs> We all have a seemingly difficult time keeping pace with the Spirit in our lives. It seems that we spend so many years of our lives feeling out of sync with the Holy Spirit. Whether it's, it's that we are getting way ahead of what He wants for us and we find ourselves in some kind of dangerous situation that's taken us out or we're dragging behind in fear and timidity and unable to keep up and what should only take a minute and 48 seconds is taking us decades in the spirit. It seems as though as Christians, we have a difficult time doing what Paul tells us to do here, to keep in step with the spirit. And I think that's why he uses such aggressive 
and, and interesting language around this phrase. As we dive a little bit deeper into this text, what we discover is that Paul does not use the traditional Greek word when speaking about someone walking with another person, the, the word parapateo in the Greek, which is what most other uh, writers in the New Testament use when they're talking about walking with the Spirit. Instead, when Paul says to keep in step with the Spirit here, he uses a different Greek word uh, known as, hold on, here we go, uh, stoikeo or stoichio, stoichio, stoikeo, something like that. Clearly, I'm Greek. But it means to fall in line or to march as a soldier. To fall in line or to march as a soldier. This is not a casual walking term. This is a military word. It's a word that was used to define soldiers that would walk next to each other in perfect formation. You can picture it in your mind. Soldiers that are in lockstep, they're marching as one person and not a bunch of different people, but they are absolutely united, completely and totally synced as they walk together. And Paul says, in the same way that a soldier keeps lockstep with the other soldiers around them, so we are supposed to stay in perfect sync with the Holy Spirit. Now, that provokes a question for me. And the question is, if that's how a soldier marches, how do they get there? How does a soldier learn to march in perfect sync? Well, I have never been in the military, and I can't speak from experience here. But this last week, I called a gentleman in our church, uh, Bryson, many of you know him, uh, he was a platoon sergeant in the Marines. You'll notice he's not here today because he is worshiping uh, the demons of Disney and, and participating in all of the witchcraft that it has to offer. May the Lord bless him and keep him. Amen. Okay. Uh, but after I spent 20 minutes on the phone with Bryson, I hung up and I felt like I had an entirely new perspective of what Paul was speaking of here when he tells us to keep in step with the Spirit. Let me explain. So Bryson began by telling me that as the platoon sergeant, it was his job to set the pace for the soldiers. All of the soldiers would start out staring at him. He would stand in front of them and he would begin to march. In fact, why don't we all stand to our feet? Come on, let's do this this morning. Let's have a little bit of fun, shall we? I was never in the military. I probably never will be. So this is my shot, all right? So he would start by setting pace and he would say, lift, Left, left, right, left. Come on, march with me. We are fully a cult right now, just to be clear, all right? <laughs> Here's something to drink. Everybody enjoy. Okay. So come on, keep it going. Left. And then as we're marching, and everybody was in perfect sync, he would call out, right face, and everybody would turn to the right. <laughs> Some of you don't know where your right is. That's cool. Come on, keep marching. Left, and don't do this next part because we're all going to run into the wall if we do. But then he would call out in sync, forward, march. And everybody would begin. No, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Okay, come on. You can take your seat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was fun. Okay. So, so he, would, he would start calling out these orders. He would set the pace. He would tell everybody to turn in a certain direction. And then he would tell them to get moving in that direction. But then he said something to me. He said, once the soldiers turned and they began to march, I never left the left-hand side of the platoon. I always stayed to the left. 
If a soldier didn't know where they were at in the march or if they needed to get back on pace, all they had to do was look to the sergeant standing on the left and immediately they could find themselves right back in line. I said, okay, Bryson, let me get this straight. Instead of standing in front of the troops, which is where most people would assume a leader would be, you stood by their side so that everybody could see you and you set the pace and directed the platoon. He said, yes, that's right. Some of you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> so I said, okay, I have another question for you. Where in the training process does a soldier learn how to march? And he said, oh, bro, it is literally the first thing. From the second you get off the bus at boot camp, you are immediately put into formation and you start learning how to march from the moment you're a new recruit. I said, so would it be safe to say that before a soldier learns how to load a weapon, ambush an enemy, protect their friends, before a soldier learns how to fight, they have to first learn how to march? And he said, 100%. I said, okay, thank you for your service, thank you for your time, and I hung up the phone. And as soon as I hung up the phone, I wrote this down. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The spirit is the sergeant. The spirit is the sergeant. In the same way that a new recruit steps off a bus and is immediately met by a voice that stands by their side and tells them where they're supposed to go and when they're supposed to go there and is now this directional component for their life, so when you came to Christ, you received a personal parakletos, somebody who will stand by your side. He is an inner voice on the inside of you that directs your steps and makes sure that you don't get too far out to the right or too far out to the left, but you are walking in exactly the direction that God has called you to run. But he doesn't just put you in the directional setting. He actually sets the pace for you to get there. He tells you exactly how fast you're supposed to go. In the same way that that sergeant says, hey, keep your eyes on me for a moment and follow my pace. The Holy Spirit sees outside of time. So he knows what dangers lie ahead and he knows what things are gonna try to hold you back behind you. And so he says, hey, keep your eyes on me. Keep walking at the pace that I'm telling you to walk. Don't rush ahead into that relationship because it's gonna take you out. Don't rush into that job that's gonna give you more money, but it's gonna take you out of the community that's pastoring you right now. And you don't realize how much progress you're making because of proximity to people. Hey, don't fall back in unforgiveness and, and get angry and bitter with the church. Don't go that direction just keep your eyes on me and as you keep your eyes on me and you stay in pace I will get you to where you're supposed to go and I'll get you there when you're supposed to get there he is the pace setter and he is the one who provides direction that is the job it is the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives but we got to let him lead we have to be willing to relinquish the desire to lead our own lives. We've gotta be willing to let the Holy Spirit sit in the driver's seat and drive our lives. To belabor the analogy, the driver sits on the left and the passenger on the right. We need to let the one on the left begin to lead us. But what about England? I don't know. <laughs> They're probably not safe. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we need to let him lead our lives. We need to get good at surrendering this desire 
to be independent from God and then drag the Holy Spirit along. We need to let him lead. So let me pose a question to you today. And here it is. Who is standing on the left in your life? Who is leading you? Who's barking out the marching orders? Whose voice are you listening to as you begin to walk out your days here on planet Earth? Because don't be fooled, someone is leading you. Someone is directing your steps. And and it ain't you, okay? Sorry to burst your little K-Love bubble, but it ain't you. I'm a rugged individual. That's one of the greatest lies. Somebody is leading you. Somebody or something is calling out orders and you're listening. It could be that relationship, that toxic relationship that's, you know, telling you where to go. It could be your desire for a greater income, your career path. It could be status. It could be brokenness. It could be unhealth. It could be addiction. It could be your parents that are still telling you how to live your life. (laughs) Someone didn't like that one over there. That's my bad. I got you. (laughs) Someone is telling you how to walk. It may not be the person you like. Someone is leading you. Who is standing in that position? And if you say, hey, Tim, I'm not exactly sure. (laughs) I think it's God. I think what I'm doing right now is is his will. I think I'm being led by the Spirit. Well, then let me offer you a little diagnostic tool, a test, if you will, to determine if where you're walking is, in fact, the will of God, if you are in step with the Spirit. My pastor used to say it like this. He said, where the spirit leads, there is peace. Where the spirit leads, there is peace. In other words, if I am keeping in step with the spirit, I will have some peace on the inside. That means if I want to keep in step with him, then all I need to do is to follow the peace. Where is peace leading me? Peace is like the trailblazer for the spirit-filled Christian. It is directional confirmation for believers. If I am ever wondering, if I am ever concerned what I'm doing or where I'm heading is not the will of God, I always reel it back to this simple question. Do I have peace about this? Is there an inner sense of like, yeah, this is what God wants for me right now? Or am I anxious? Am I confused? Because God is not the author of those things. So if there is anxiety and there is confusion and there is no peace, it's probably not God. And and let's be honest, you can lie to a lot of other people and tell them it's God's will for your life. People do it to me all the time. Well, God said, I don't think you did, but you just dropped that card, so I got no choice but to say, okay. People do that all the time. They convince friends, the family members, the pastors, the leaders, that this is what God said, and then they go out and blow up their life because they... We're making a decision based on what they thought was God's will. But you know, you know when you're alone with that thought. You know when you're sitting and your head is laying on your pillow at nighttime, if you have peace about that or not. And if you don't have any peace, let me tell you now, it's probably not what the Spirit wants for you. It's probably not the direction of the Holy Spirit. And let me clarify something. Peace does not necessarily mean that it all pencils out and it all makes sense. Okay, it doesn't mean that like as you, you okay, th- oh yeah, the logical, okay, yeah, that, that makes, no. You can be something absolutely crazy, but have complete and total peace about it. In fact, our whole journey of faith is kind of crazy when you think about it. 
I believe in this guy that I've never met, and uh, I think he died on a cross a couple thousand years for me. I've never seen him, um, but uh, I'm going to place the entirety of my life in that, okay? <laughs> this is all crazy anyway at the beginning, but here we go. <laughs> but we have peace about it. That peace is directional confirmation. Furthermore, do not confuse peace with comfort. Those are two very different things. The Holy Spirit will lead you into all peace, but he will not lead you into all comfort. I find it ironic sometimes that the English language translates parakletos to the comforter because the Holy Spirit never takes you anywhere where you're comfortable. Maybe that's why he's the comforter, because like, I'm going to bring you in uncomfortable situations, but I'm going to comfort you in the midst of it. It's going to be okay. No, do not be fooled. If you are walking out the will of God, it will be void of comfort, but it will be consistent with your calling. He won't lead you into comfort, but he will lead you into your calling. It was not comfortable for Paul to be stoned and beaten and imprisoned, but it was his calling. It wasn't comfortable for Peter and James to be whipped, put into a jail cell, but it was their calling. It wasn't comfortable for John to be exiled to the island of Patmos, but it was his calling. And it was not comfortable for Jesus to be rejected and beaten beyond recognition with his beard torn out and a, thorn, a crown of thorns on his head and nailed to a Roman torture device, giving up his life, executed for our sins. Comfortable? Absolutely not, but it was his calling. Trust me, if you feel like you're comfortable right now, chances are you are probably not walking in the call of God. You are probably not keeping in step with the Spirit because the call of God and comfort generally don't go hand in hand. But while it's void of comfort, it will not be void of peace. You will have a, oh, I know that this is what God wants from me. I remember the first time the Holy Spirit asked Robin and I to give virtually every dollar away in our bank account to help build uh, a center to feed those in our community that were in need before we came to the city. Was it comfortable? Nope. But there was peace. I remember when the Holy Spirit said to us, hey, I want you to lay down the successful business that you've got and I want you to pursue the call of ministry that's on your life. Was it comfortable? <laughs> this might come as a shock to you, but people make more money in real estate than they do in ministry. It's crazy. Comfortable? Absolutely not. But there was peace. I remember when the Holy Spirit said to us, I want you to leave the city that you've known your entire life. You live blocks away from your parents, both sets. You got built-in babysitting and swimming pools, predictable weather patterns. It's great. <laughs> I want you to go to a place filled with strangers where you will not see the sun for three months during the summer. <laughs> I want you to plant a church there. Was it comfortable? Absolutely not. But there was peace. And rather than pursue comfort, I pursued the calling. And in pursuing the calling, there was a, a sense of peace by the Holy Spirit that we were doing exactly what the Spirit wanted us to do. So, so maybe, maybe the question, who is on your left, who is leading your life, is the wrong question. Because maybe you don't know the answer to that one and you're still trying to sort that one out. So let me offer a second question. Do you have peace about it? Do you have peace about the direction you're heading in right now? Do you have peace about the decisions that you're making right now? Do, do you know that, no, this is exactly what the Spirit wants for me? And that is not elusive. It is not something that God dangles like a carrot and you gotta chase. It immediately comes when you are sitting in the center of God's will for your life. Do you have peace?
And if the answer to that question is no, then here's the good news. Even if you have been wandering in a wilderness for a little while and you've stepped away from the leader, all you gotta do is look to the left and get back in step with the Spirit because he does not leave you or forsake you. He is waiting right there to get you back in step with your calling. Back to my kid. Uh, Band, you guys can come. We can conclude. Back to my daughter. As I said uh, earlier, we have a challenging time getting Livy to keep pace with us, to stay with us. She's either ahead or she's behind. But over these long nine years with her on the planet, I have learned a little trick to ensure that she doesn't get too far ahead of us or too far behind us. And you parents will know this trick. She actually is unsuspecting. She has no idea until she listens to this sermon that this is actually a strategy. It's actually rather enjoyable. But if I'm concerned about her getting too far ahead or too far behind, it's very simple. This is all I do. I call her to my side and I hold her hand. I put her hand in mine. And if I put her hand in mine, suddenly things become a little bit easier. Uh, Everyone in my household is left-handed, which means that when I hold their hands, it's my right hand and their left hand. So I am standing to the left. And so when I am to the left of my daughter and we are walking hand in hand, it's amazing how she doesn't skip ahead and she doesn't fall behind, but her tiny little legs (laughs) are able to keep pace with my stride. Why? Because we're connected, because we're talking, because we're hand in hand. I think that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do for some people today. I think he wants to grab you by the hand and stand to the left so that you stop getting ahead and you stop falling behind. Because yes, he is a sergeant, but he's not a sergeant that stands by the side and just barks order at you, march faster, go get, that's not how he rolls. He's gentle, he's kind, he's loving. Like a good father, he wants to grab you by the hand and say, hey son, daughter, you've had the wrong pace, but I'm gonna get you back on track today. And as we conclude here, that's the invitation from the Holy Spirit. Will you grab my hand again and will you let me lead you? Bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room. Holy Spirit, right now we welcome you. We welcome you into this room. We welcome you fresh into our lives. Speak over these next couple of moments to every person. Right now, for those that have already made a decision to follow Jesus, let me pray something simple out. And if this is in your heart, just receive this today. Holy Spirit, I repent for trying to lead my own life. I I repent for getting ahead of you in that decision, for dragging behind you in my calling and not stepping into what you've asked of me. I'm tired of of being out of sync. Today, I, I look to the left. Today, I. I remind myself that you've never left my side and I'm gonna start keeping pace today. I'm coming back. I'm coming back into calling. I'm coming back into that place of peace where I know I'm standing in the center of your will for my life. Lead me and direct me. 
and while every eye is closed and every head is bowed, I want to take a moment and invite those who would say, hey, Tim, I have actually not made that decision to follow Jesus. I, I don't know that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me. Maybe you did years ago and you have wandered far off, but you know that you need to come back into that relationship with Jesus today. If that's you, I want to pray a very simple prayer with you as we conclude. But before I pray that prayer out, I want to ask for you to do me a favor. And that would be to simply slip up your hand and say, Tim, that's me. I'm far from God and I need to get back into relationship with him today. If that's you, would you quickly lift up your hand and look at me so I know who I'm praying with this morning? Thank you. Got you right there. Got you in the back. Awesome. Anybody else? No. Okay. We're going to pray this. You can say it right there under your breath or you can say it in your heart today, but the words are not as important as your decision and your condition, your heart's condition to say, I'm coming after Jesus. Just pray this with me. Jesus, today I invite you in. I thank you for giving your life for me. Today I respond by giving my life to you. I want you to guide my steps from this day forward. I want to let you lead. As your spirit comes and lives on the inside of me, help me to yield to your leadership, to be your disciple from this day forward. Until that moment, when my life here on earth comes to a conclusion and I see you in eternity and you look me eye to eye and you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy that has been set before you. Today, I give you all of me and I receive all of you in return. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to the Father's House podcast. We hope it helped you wherever you're at in your journey. And listen, we want to pray with you if you're going through something right now that's difficult. You can go to our website, tfh.church, and click on the prayer and praise link and tell us how to join you in prayer. Until next time, be blessed.